Are you wanting to make some positive changes this year and unlock your true potential? You know, there's something about a new year or a fresh start that is motivating and exciting and everything is full of potential. And I get excited this time of year, but I have also learned that with that come barriers to or obstacles that we need to be aware of and learn how to overcome them. Because anytime you're trying to bring positive change in your life, you are going to have opposition. So what I want to do today is to discuss three roadblocks that you need to become aware of and then strategies to help you overcome them. So I'm going to share some biblical truths as well as give you actionable tools to help you overcome oppositions and move forward to achieve your goals and dreams. All right, grab a pen and paper because um, you'll probably want to take notes on these, but I'm only going to give you three today, and I want to help you thrive in every aspect of life. Welcome to Created to Thrive. I'm your host, Lori Snyder. If you desire a deeper connection with God, want to know your value and purpose, then you, my friend, are in the right place. I will teach God's Word in a simple and practical way to equip and empower you to become who he created you to be because you were created to thrive. Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually. With podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff, you can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com. Well, Happy New Year at the time of recording this. It's just the first week of the brand new year. And with that comes a lot of excitement, a lot of people wanting to, you know, really work on their health or having specific goals. And what I have found is that with change comes a lot of opposition. And so I want to today just point out three key obstacles that I have found that are most common as well as most problematic. And, you know, change is one thing that I have had to embrace. It's been really, besides the Lord, it's been my constant because I've moved, you know, 22 times or more in the last 33 years. And um, I've had to learn to, how do you start fresh? How do you make positive change? And then how do you overcome the barriers, the obstacles that try to prevent you from moving forward? So this is my heart today is to help you. And so I'm going to share three of those today. Now, again, there's more, but these are the three that I have found. If you can embrace these and learn to um, put some things in place to help you encounter them, you're going to live a more fulfilling life. All right, so the first one is doubt. And doubt is a powerful emotion that can prevent us from taking action. It's a feeling of uncertainty or a lack of confidence in oneself, and it can be a major barrier to success. And doubt can come from many sources. It can come from past experiences of failure, lack of support from other people, 
fear of the unknown, not having what our heart needs, such as we want to be loved and seen and heard, to be affirmed, respected, chosen, cared for, and so forth. And so when we look at doubt, we need to realize it's important that we know, first of all, it's a normal emotion, but we have to press in deeper to see what's underneath that doubt. And we all will question our abilities and wonder if we're on the right path. When you're embracing change, you're going to have a lot of thoughts come at you. And so you're going to have to learn to capture that thought and really look at it. Is it true? Is it your thought? Is it God's thought? Or is it the enemy's thought? And that's a process and that takes time. And I want to, first of all, look at when we all question our abilities, a lot of times we also question God. And we question whether he loves us. We question whether he's speaking to us. We question his word if it's really true. You know, I hear a lot of people say, I know the word says, but, or I know the Bible says this, but my experience is very different from what the Bible says. And you need to work through that and process through that. And it gets to the point where we even question, God, are you even speaking to me? We can know the verse in John 3 where it says, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. Um, or actually John 10, sorry, not John 3. Um, but then we question, I don't even know if I'm hearing God. How do I hear God? And then it just goes through this whole cycle. Doubt will take you into a downward spiral every single time. And we need to learn, first of all, what's the source of the doubt? The source of the doubt, I always go back to the word because you know, you've heard that the Bible is our living instruction manual. Um, and it really does, I look at it as patterns. And there's a lot to it as far as the law first mentioned. When was something first mentioned in the Bible? You pay attention to that because what it's doing is setting up a uh, spiritual principle that will then carry through. And so I look at Genesis 3. And we see where Adam and Eve are in the garden and Satan, who is in the form of a snake, he comes to Eve, and the first thing he says is, did God really say? So the enemy is always going to have you question God's word. And then he's going to have you question God's character, God's goodness. And because then he's going to show her the tree that's going to be appealing to her eyes, appealing to her five senses. And he's basically going to accuse God of holding out on Adam and Eve, because if they were to eat from that tree, then their eyes would be open and they would be like God. And the reality was they were already created in God's image and likeness and to have dominion on the earth. They were already God's kind. But he got them to doubt his word, God's character, authority, and goodness, and their identity. 
who they truly are. And that's what the enemy is always going to do. So it's a pattern. We see this in um, in when Jesus is led um, into the wilderness after he is uh, baptized in the Holy or baptized in the River Jordan, and the Holy Spirit comes upon him. He's led up into the wilderness for forty days to be tempted and to overcome temptation, to overcome what Adam and Eve could not do in the Garden of Eden. Jesus was in his own garden so to speak, where he did faithfully overcome. It's important we see how the enemy then goes to Jesus. He questions God's word, he questions God's goodness, and he questions Jesus' authority. And he also says, do something to prove. And that's where a lot of times we think that we need to do something in order to um, prove who we are or prove that we're hearing God or prove something. And so I want to give you the solution for doubt because Jesus addressed doubt more than anything. The other word he used was unbelief. And you can doubt in your mind. You know, in James, it talks about in James 1, 6, it says, um, but let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. And you can doubt in your mind. The key is you don't want to doubt in your heart. And the heart is a combination of your spirit and your soul. And your born-again spirit, which believes God, thinks like God, is where the Holy Spirit resides, is the fruit of the Spirit that needs to get worked out through you, through your soul, which is your mind, so your thoughts, your emotions, your attitudes, and that involves your imagination. And so you want to start yielding your thoughts and your emotions and your attitude, your will, to come into an agreement with God's word. That's called a unity of heart. And to where your heart becomes established in the truth of who God is, who he says you are, and who he says uh, or what he says you can have and experience in the promises of God and his way of life and living, then your heart will not doubt. Your thoughts can still doubt but it's your belief system. And so the opposite of doubting is faith, which is simply believing and trusting God at his word, knowing his character, knowing his nature. And it is so important that you learn who God truly is, not necessarily what you have been taught by your family, by your friends, by your pastor, by your church, by your denomination, but you've got to look at Jesus. Jesus said, when you see him, you see the Father because they're one. And so looking at the character and nature and ways of Jesus, you will see the Father. And that takes time and intentionality. And Jesus says to the disciples in Mark 11, 23 through 25, it says, Jesus answered them, and he says, have faith in God. So that's the answer. But he says, truly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain or an obstacle, be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, 
but believes in what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever I ask or whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. So faith sees on the inside before it's going to see the reality on the outside. Uh, Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So it starts on the inside. And if you've heard me before, transformation is an inside-out job. It's not doing something to become something. That's what the enemy tried to have um, Adam and Eve do. He had tried to have Jesus do it, where we do something to become something. But rather, our life of faith is becoming by knowing in our heart what has had has taken place. I did the, the series on salvation about knowing what's been given to you, all the benefits of the gift of, of being in right standing with God and being one with him, that that's an inside out working. And so it's so important that we learn to speak God's word out loud. I mentioned Jesus in the wilderness when he was tempted of the enemy. Jesus spoke God's word out loud. And if you're going through something and you start to recognize doubt, right, you're starting to look at yourself and how can I even dream this big? How can I have this big of a goal? And we start that, that, that inner dialogue. We've got to learn to go to God's word. And if you don't know a scripture for what you're going through, just Google the topic. And scriptures can come up. And then you can find a scripture that speaks to you that you can really say from your heart with conviction then it starts to empower you. So it's important that we speak God's word out. You know, one of the things I love to do is, is quote Psalm 91, but I personalize all my prayers. So I will quote the scripture, but what I do is I make it very personal. So I put the personal pronouns in it, like I will declare. And that will start to shift things and you're benefiting your heart that way. So speaking God's word out loud, another one is simply praying. One of my favorite prayers to say is, Lord, show me truth. When I'm doubting, I'm looking at myself, I'm looking at my limitations, my situation, you know, my bank account, my skills, whatever lack is trying to speak louder than truth. I will just, I've said this before, I'll put my, my hands on my head and I'll say, mind, be still, receive the peace of God. And then when I can get to that point of being still, I will say, Lord, show me truth. And then I wait. You know, prayer is simply a dialogue. We want to think that it's got to be this, you know, all this, this formula, but I look at it as it's a dialogue. You know, when I'm having time in the morning um, talking with my husband, it's a dialogue. It's not a to-do list. It's not a confession list. It's not a um, I need list. We're engaging in conversation. So if you can look at prayer in that way, it'll totally change the way you think and, and how you want to pray. Like you're, you won't have the boring prayer life that you may have had before. So that's a whole other topic. We'll talk about prayer sometime. But 
One of the things, too, is pray the positive opposite. My friend always says, flip the coin. And if you're looking at lack, then you start praying the positive um, opposite. Lord, I thank you that your word says that you will meet all of my needs according to your riches and glory through Christ Jesus, that I am complete in you and I lack nothing. So, Lord, what do I need to know right now? Show me your truth. And you start this dialogue with him, and I'll tell you, it will transform the way you think of prayer. Okay, next thing is to take small steps to build confidence. Set small and achievable goals. And by doing that, you will start to build momentum and confidence and uh, step out into the bigger things. You know, you've got to take the little small steps before you can take the bigger steps. One of the things I like to do is uh, seek out support from others. I have people in my life that I go to and say, hey, I'm struggling with this. Um, You know, just being honest and vulnerable with them. And you know who wants to help you and wants to support you and make sure that you succeed. So have those people. And hearing from people who have been through similar struggles can also be incredibly motivating and help us push through our doubt. That's where, you know, um, podcasts or uh, a YouTube video for that topic, that could just really help you with pushing through to say, if God can do it for that person, he can do it for me because we're all his kids and there's no favorites. It just comes down to who's going to choose to believe the Lord, who's going to believe his word and stand in that, stand in faith of believing and trusting. And then also learning to let go of past failures can also help you reduce that doubt and build self-confidence. And one of the things that we have to be aware of is this inner critic, the person that wants, that's that inner voice that wants to come in and say, you'll never, or you'll always, or it always looks like this, or this always happens. That's the inner critic that needs to be silenced. That's also the voice of the accuser. So you do not want to be in agreement with that voice. You want to be in agreement with the voice of God saying, All things are possible with God for those who believe that through Jesus, through his grace, I can do all these things that he has put on my heart to do. And so you step into that. Okay, so that's doubt. The second one is distractions. Distractions are anything that take our focus off of what we're trying to accomplish you know, in, in today's world, distractions come in many forms. Big ones are social media, notifications on your phone, texts, email, uh, binging on Netflix, you know, all these different things. Uh, it can also, too, be busyness. One of the things that I have found that I can easily get distracted is by becoming busy to avoid different things, to avoid the difficult tasks that I know I need to put my hand to, but it would be much easier just to go do the laundry or go help a friend out or do something. You know, we can be doing good things, but they're not necessarily God-directed. So we have to be intentional about 
what are we doing? And are we looking um, at unhealthy coping strategies to uh, avoid stepping into achieving our goals? So distractions is a big thing. And it's important that we take time to pause and be self-aware of the things that can distract us. And, you know, one of the things that I do uh, in my resiliency coaching program is we look at the, the strong emotions and we look, in, we, we look, first of all, if you are in fight, flight, freeze, or fawn mode and where that's affecting you in your physical body. And then we look at those strong emotions uh, that is causing you to get triggered um, and then we drill down to what story are you telling yourself? What negative story is causing you to want to get uh, off track? And then we look at uh, what are the unhealthy coping strategies? So instead of stepping into what I really want, I would self-sabotage. I would look at myself and go, no one really cares uh, or this really doesn't matter. What I would want to share with someone really isn't making that big of a difference. So that would derail me. But then what I had to do is really look at the next part of what we do is we go into what are the what is my heart needing right now? And a lot of times was I just need to feel valued. I need to know that my worth is not in my doing, but my worth is in who I am. And what I can offer as a person versus the tasks or the duties. Does that make sense? So anyway, going back to distractions, um, and I'm, I can easily squirrel. And if you've listened to me a hot minute, you know I'm a sprinkler, and I can be all over the place. I'm a creative, and so <laughs> I don't think in, uh, in linear. I think in more circles. But I always have to come back to what is going to help me stay focused on my goals. So the first and foremost thing is I'm going to seek God first. You know, Matthew 6.33 is a key scripture for me that I'm going to seek God first and his righteousness and all these other things are added to me. I have to prioritize my relationship with Jesus. And that starts right from the get-go. As soon as I wake up, I will just say, good morning, Holy Spirit. What do you want to say to me today? Or what do you want to put on my heart? What is it that we want to talk about? And I get honest with him. You know, and again, prayer is a dialogue. It's intimacy. And a great breakdown of intimacy means in to me see. We allow the walls of self-protection, of duty, performance to come down. And we're just going to get honest with God. And we need to be still. In order to focus, we have to still our mind. And then we want to connect with God to follow his peace. Uh, we want to let peace be the umpire, the ruler of our heart. So we need to be very intentional about each day. And one of the things I found helpful is to establish a daily routine and then evaluate What's taken me in the right direction of achieving my goals and objectives for that day, as well as my long-term ones? And really, what's serving me? That's a question I like to ask, and I, and I do this a lot in my coaching. Is that thought serving you? Or is that um, distraction, let's say, is being on social media 
for 15, 20 minutes or even an hour, is that really serving you? What's the purpose behind it? So asking yourself those questions. And when, you're be- when you become self-aware, a key is don't self-condemn. I cannot stress that enough. You become self-aware to recognize, oh, I have a pattern here. But then you're going to be kind to yourself and you're going to go, what is it that I'm running away from or what am I running to as an unhealthy coping strategy? And so by having that routine and a key thing too is setting boundaries. And that's not just for other people, that's for yourself. So healthy boundaries are so important. And another thing too is to taking breaks to disconnect from technology uh, cell phones. I get overstimulated by a lot of noise. And so I become self-aware of I'm feeling anxious or just like heavy, like there's this heaviness on me. And I start to recognize there's too much noise around me. And I need to put and disconnect my cell phone, uh, radio or, you know, music, um, television, whatever it would be. And just go into a quiet place and just to learn to be still. And also, too, I want to create a peaceful environment that's conducive to focus. So the answer to distractions is focus, right? So I need to put myself and be intentional about creating not just habits of focus, but environment that is key to focus. And then this last thing about uh, focus is sleep. I cannot stress that enough. Sleep is so important. Um, I just heard the other day about if you don't get sleep for two nights in a row, it's like being intoxicated from alcohol. It has that type of effect where you are your equilibrium's off, you just don't have that sense of balance or making right decisions. So think about that. Um, I didn't fact check that. So you know, don't get me on that, but sleep is vital and good quality sound sleep. So not having technology on before you go to sleep. Do some things that are going to help put you in that relaxed state to prepare your mind, not just your body, for sleep. Okay, disappointments. That's number three. That's the third obstacle. Everyone experiences times of frustration and distress over unfulfilled plans, over dreams. You know, disappointments can come in many forms. Uh, A lost job, a failed or broken relationship, a missed opportunity, a loss of a loved one, someone who just doesn't come through for you. Maybe they promised you something. Maybe they said, yeah, I'll be there. And then they don't show up. Even the weather. (laughs) disrupting vacation plans. I know a lot of people just experience that at the Christmas time, you know, blizzards and different things and airlines. uh, They literally couldn't go forward in their plans to spend time with family and to do vacations and so forth. So it's so important we remember that disappointments are a natural part of our journey toward achieving our goals. It's just a natural part of life. But you can do some things to help you overcome getting disappointed. We can recognize that we're disappointed, but we don't want to stay in that disappointment. And it really just comes down to, um, first of all, a mindset. 
you've got to know you will have opposition. But setbacks are just setups for growth opportunity to experience something greater. If you can have that mindset, that will help you overcome so much right there and then. Let me just repeat that. Setbacks are just setups for growth opportunities. And the bigger your goal or dream, the more opportunity you will be opposed. That's just the nature of it. And, you know, I always go back to, uh, I don't want to dwell on the disappointment, but I do need to process what happened. And I look at, first and foremost, in order to move forward, I've got to look at where are my expectations? That's the number one thing. Often we can have expectations that are not met, and then that causes us to feel let down, betrayed, unworthy, you know, we can, the list can go on. And one of the things that I found is that when we have unrealistic expectations, a lot of times we have unrealistic expectations. And I want to live from a place of expectancy. I did a podcast, uh, episode number nine, about preventing disappointments by having expectancy instead of expectation. They both have the word expect in it. And we are to expect. But the key is, where's the focus? Expectancy is about hope and a confidence of a good result. Expectations put more of a demand on what that result is going to be and the timing and the plan of how it's going to get executed. And that, my friend, will derail you. But when you have that expectancy, that confident hope, that will leave room for God to lead you. There's something about us that we want that sense of control. Fear of unknown stifles a lot of people and causes so many people to get distracted, to have disappointments, and to doubt. And so I would encourage you to go listen to episode nine uh, about living with expectancy, not expectation, because that will I build that out a lot more for you. And we want to learn how to overcome. And other things, too, that I want to say is allow yourself time to grieve. A lot of times we've gone through hard situations where we were disappointed. You know, we were believing for a healing and it didn't happen. We were believing for financial breakthrough and it hasn't come yet. We were believing for a loved one to turn to Jesus and they're still far away from him. Whatever that is, allow yourself time to grieve. Give yourself permission to grieve that loss and learn from whatever experience you need to learn from, but then find new ways to move forward. And that's what I love about the resiliency coaching is that I help people be able to bounce back from difficult times. And resilience comes from the lessons and the skills that we learn as we grow up. And then we're able to face our difficulties a lot easier. And so what I do is I make a decision to turn to Holy Spirit and ask him to guide me and fill me with hope. And 
he is the counselor. He's the comforter. He's the helper. He's the teacher. He will. He's the spirit of truth who will lead you into all truth. So that's why I always say, Lord, show me truth. And then next thing is to choose to believe what God says instead of what your circumstances are saying or even what your feelings are saying. We're not led by our feelings. We don't ignore our feelings, but we're not led by them. We're led by faith, which is believing and trusting God. So we need to trust God at his word. But in order to trust him, you've got to know his character and nature, to know his goodness, that he will never leave you, and that he is always with you to help you and show you the way to go. Another thing I do is pray for God appointments connections and assignments for your life. You know, we can make plans, but it says that God directs our steps. And I always pray for God appointments. You know, disappointments can become God appointments if we turn to him and acknowledge him and ask him for help. And then I also look at if I am Facing opposition, and a lot of times it comes from a confidence standpoint, like I'm not really confident to step into this new thing. So I I look at, do I need to learn a new skill to grow? And so that is something that possibly you need to learn a few things in order to go to that next level. And then I focus on small, achievable goals. You know, we can have our huge goals, big goals, but let's look at those small, achievable goals and start there. That will give us confidence and momentum to keep moving forward. And then, like I said before, have a strong support system in place. Have people, mentors, friends, coaches that you can lean on and support or get that support and guidance. All right, so friends, to recap, the three barriers that can um, prevent you from really thriving and living a fulfilled life and achieving your goals are doubt, distractions, and disappointments. By learning how to recognize and become self-aware of these, we can start to break through the limitations that are holding us back. And then we really can step forward and take, tep- step, take steps of faith to live the life that we truly want. So I just want to leave you with a scripture. You can call it an affirmation. Again, I, I pray scripture. I make it personalized. And so this is from James 1, 2 through 8. And I've just made it real simple for here. You can go look at James, read James 1, 2 through 8 on your own time. But I'm just going to show you how I personalize it, and then I'm just going to speak it over you. So it's a twofer, right? It benefits me personally as I say it, but also it's modeling to you, but it's also benefiting you. So I count it joy when I find myself facing trials and temptations to give up my faith, for I know that patience is being formed in and is maturing me, so I won't lack any good thing. Jesus is my wisdom, and when I ask for his wisdom, he gives it to me generously and doesn't hold back. I remain fixed and unwavering in my believing and trusting him and his ways, regardless of what my eyes may see, ears may hear, or what my body may feel. God is faithful, and he will fulfill his promise to me.
Friends, I pray that blessed you today. And I would love for you to share this podcast with any of your friends or family, anyone that wants to know God in a very deep and meaningful way that really wants to go to a new level in their believing and trusting him and to really unlock their full potential to be who he has called them to be and to experience the God quality kind of life that he offers through a personal relationship with Jesus and Holy Spirit. And so I thank you. I thank you too. If you haven't left a review yet, please go to Apple Podcasts and click on my podcast and then scroll down to leave me a written review with a rating. That would bless me so much because that helps me become more seen to more people. And so that's what I'm asking for you today. But I pray this has blessed you. And if you have any questions, as always, reach out to me, Lori at LoriKSnyder.com. If you're wanting to know more about what is this resiliency coaching? Uh, Is that something that I need or I want or how can that help me? Message me at Lori at LoriKSnyder.com or reach out to me on Instagram or Facebook at Lori K-A-Y Snyder. All right. All right, friends. Until next time. God bless.